online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Trousers Madness, you're listening to Radio 2, welcome to the Russell Brand Show and here's your host, I am, welcome, thanks for listening, it's going to be a very good show this week, this is my last one, live from Hawaii, we are live, this is literally happening now on the planet that we all live on together, if you want to give us a bell you can, it's 0500 288 291, if you want to do a text, do do a text, 88291. If you want to do an email, do do an email. I'm not going to tell you the address for that, though. You must use your own minds and inquisition. I'm here with young Matt Morgan. All right, Matt. Hello. What's the matter? Nothing. You left it a long time to say hello to me. Well, I was just doing a good intro. Get the old atmosphere going, get a bit of Trutzpah going, a bit of pizzazz, a bit of razzmatazz. I'm nearly home, aren't I? Yes. Nearly home to old England, the cobbled streets, the drizzle, the rain, Jack the Ripper on every street corner. Is it as I remember it, Matt? It's nice and sunny here, actually. Sunny, you say? Sunny Lovely. in old London? Yeah, it's nice. Oh, have the rooks left the tower? No, they're still there. Lady Diana's all right, isn't she? Ah. Uh. What? <laughs> you mean to say, what have you done? <laughs> so, um, yeah, what about that documentary? Oh, I don't know. Have you watched it? Um, no, I didn't. What's wrong with Has you, Has it been Matt? on yet? I don't know. I think it was on. I think there's been quite a lot of scandal about it, because I read the English papers, because I like to keep abreast of what's going on in Blighty, unlike you. I know. I don't, well, I think it is bad, actually, isn't it? Yes, it is. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I sure. I don't bad. know if I have a view on it. All oh, right. Matt thinks it's bad. I think we've got a right to do what the hell we like re with regards to anything. So, uh, yeah, send us your views on stuff. Thank you so much for listening to this show, and thank you for all the glorious presents oh, I've God. received. Yep, here we go. It's time to thank you for all my presents and everything, because it's been my birthday this week, so I've got even more presents than normal sent over. Here are just some of the people I would like to thank for the old presents. Uh, big hairy purple monkey, thank you for sending me apprentices, and also thank you another lad, Connor. Thank two people sent me apprentices. Unfortunately, from episode ten onward, I ain't got them. Please send them on the BBC, as I will be able to. Shameless. This is getting worse. Why? It's helpful. It's like, you know Noel Edmonds does that cosmic ordering, he writes things down on his hand and then orders them, things like, must have it off with contestant or deal or no deal, <laughs> and then he uses that hand to palm them on the knocker. Is that where you well, got I'm... the idea? <laughs> I don't use cosmic ordering, I use direct communication. <laughs> I just, just nudge them, go, yeah, alright, I'm glad you've come, would you like a special cuddle? Special one, not one of them normal ones that you can have with anyone, like a BHS Father Christmas. Them cuddles are no good You're to You're going to end up like old Noel, aren't you? How old Johnny is, 55 or something? When you're his age? 55! You're doing some sort of wacky quiz show trying to get off with all the contestants, aren't you? <laughs> he did pass some notes as well, which is one of the scurrilous methods I employed, of course, in darker, grimmer days And he days used the phrase, was... deal or no deal, didn't he, in the love letter? Thing. Yeah, he did. He wrote, yeah, there was a woman contestant he fancied, and he goes, Hello, I'm Noel Emmons. Want to go out on a date with me? Deal or no deal? And then he might as well put brackets, the name of the programme's deal or no deal. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy coming back to... 
<laughs> I'm using it. Would you like to come back to mine for a house party? I'll introduce <laughs> you to Mr. Blobby and you'll get covered in guns. <laughs> oh, no. Uh. Why did you, not me, say that on the radio? Give us a phone call, 0500 288 Let's continue. Yeah, do send me them apprentices, please, because I really want to know what's happening in it. I'm interested. Although, don't download the podcast because, mind you, we've destroyed the reputation. Apparently, that uh, apprentice is about number 14 in the podcast now and is being investigated by the FBI because people think it's about white supremacy. Thank you, Brandy, for sending me uh, some, uh, like, a nice... She sent me, like, a branding iron Brandy did. I'm called Russell Brand. She's called Brandy. She sent me a branding iron. That's too much, isn't it? It's bonkers. Like, it's too much. Right, I once at school knew this lad called Jonathan Steele. That was his surname. Steele, right? Don't accuse him now of stealing because that's <laughs> illegal. You can't say I'm that. Not, I'm not accusing him of it, but I used to sometimes think while laying in my bed, fully clothed, fully clothed, uh, wouldn't it be good to say, uh, have you continued to rob metal, Jonathan, or do you still steal, steal, steal? Yeah? Yeah? That's language is my instrument. Thank you, Brandy, for your brand thing. Joe, thanks for your chocolate. Marianne Brooks, thank you for your Fannie Mae chocolates. You know, Russell, this is not interesting radio. It's just it stupid. It's nice People that they like sent you these things, but, you know. Oh, yes. Well, why thank they, you. Why are they hiding Someone your own pseudonyms? I've been sending bras and knickers. <laughs> People are sending me bras and knickers. Is that why you've selected Tom Jones then? Is that you've got into the idea of that, have you now? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think I would like to be a Tom Jones style sex emperor, particularly now that the revolution's going so bloody brilliantly. And thank you for your interest in the revolution. I've got lots of emails on the revolution, lots of emails in general. Look at this, look at this email though. This is a very interesting piece of correspondence from a person. Uh, here we are. Yeah, this person's called Freya. Uh, hello, Russell and Matt, uh, Mr. G and Nibsy. Where is Mr. Nibsy? He's meant to be the servant of this brilliant radio show. And that inflatable cow that Matt burst. Um, Mikey, has Mikey not done anything for the webcam viewers this week? Or has it just nothing. got... Is it just looking at you, Hang Matt, on, the webcam? I've just seen a piece of paper on the desk saying Mikey is the best. What, what a total nit. What a nine-year-old boy. What? I've ever re-scum! I put a bit of paper Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? Hey, do you ever noticed? What a daft sausage that boy is. <laughs> now then, um, now on to what I was emailing you about, says Freya. Uh, I would really appreciate it if you'd say happy birthday to Sticks, a.k.a. Sinead. Why do you need so many names? Is, is, is Sticks, a.k.a. Sinead, some sort of criminal? Uh, her birthday is on Wednesday. She's a massive fan of you and the show. All right, happy birthday, Sticks, a.k.a. Sinead. Have, and she continues, have you ever noticed that Matt looks quite a lot like the men dressed up as women from the Bounty Kitchen Roll adverts? What? Yes, I have noticed that. There's an advert on the telly called Bounty Kitchen Roll adverts where it's got men dressed up as women to sort of say this kitchen roll's got masculine qualities, don't think, because it's kitchen roll, it's some sort of feminine product. So it's got men dressed up as women. And then men dressed up as women do look a lot like Matt Morgan, my what, host, on. on this programme. What, what does that mean, though? Look, I've, it's, um, I look like a transvestite, well, what, it, don't, or... it, it don't look good for you, mate. Let me tell you, if you're trying to glean a compliment from this remark, you're going to struggle. Because what Freya is essentially saying is it, you look like a man with a, <laughs> a wig on, a sort of, you look like a sort of... <laughs> A, a hermaphrodite, multi-genitaled oddity. 
is, I think, essentially the message there. And and when I read that, Freya, I, I must say that I thought, yes, Matt does look like the picture. Just have a look at your webcam. Go now to uh, bbc.co.uk forward slash radio tool forward slash hermaphrodite co-hosts and have a look at Matt Morgan, the bearded lady. And then, like, yeah, and if you've seen that bounty advert, you'll know what I mean and you'll be chuckling now. You can't have toilet roll. Is it, is it toilet roll? Called bouncing. It's not toilet roll for the kitchen, Matt. I don't know how you live your life <laughs> doing a whoopsie in the microwave and then giggling to yourself. It's kitchen roll, you know, you to wipe down the I don't surfaces. like it when something's called the name of another product. Bounty, to me, is a chocolate bar. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's fair enough. I don't know how you live your crazy, perverse circus lifestyle, mate, <laughs> and what you do with bounties, but the rest of us happen to think you're a sickening disgrace. So you look like the Judder man who used to um, do Smirnoff Ice adverts. That's sort that of is weird. Julian Barrett. That's Julian Barrett from Marty Bush. That it is. wasn't. It was a bit of animation. Oh yeah, him. Yeah. Oh, don't look like him. He was made out of twigs. Exactly. That. What are you made out of? <laughs> Something very Joy. similar to twigs. Joy and revolution. I'm. I'm revolution made flesh. And the revolution's going well. Jolly good work at the G8 summit. Try not to hurt each other in the cause this revolution don't because we've not quite worked that. out the government. I'm f all for it, mate. Hey, don't all hurt yourself, it. hey. Pass some water around, guys. Come on. Come on. If you hey, went there, oh, they'd throw you're... stones at you. You're part, <laughs> no, of, would not, you're part of the machine. I'm not part of the machine. Bring down the bloody government. Hooray. <laughs> See? Scream That's the kind celebrity. of rallying cry. <laughs> I can't help that, mate. I've got the sort of personality that was bound to become famous at some point. I can't be condemned for that. The fact is now I'm trying my level best to bring about a so spiritual social democracy where we're all equal, we abandon currency, and if you want something in a shop, you have to do a cuddle for it. It's going to be a brilliant new system. Now then, I've got lots of other important things to talk about before we get on with the show, and here are some of those things. Matt, do you feel well? Uh, I feel a little nauseous. Why? Well, I told you why. I didn't think it would make it onto the radio. <laughs> well, it has done. Tell us what's wrong with you. Because I had, I bought a pack of smoked salmon and a, a yes. huge pack. It was, it was half Trying price. to get ideas above your station for, oh, salmon is what the posh folks have. <laughs> I'll have some salmon. Put that in my yeah. trolley. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and then I noticed that it was going out of date tomorrow, so I'd, Try to eat it mm. all in one go, so it wouldn't yeah. waste food. So I wouldn't waste Eating food. Big yeah. fistfuls. Don't try and make yourself out to be some eco-carbon foot footprint <laughs> warrior. Big fistfuls of salmon jabbed, jammed into your gob like Dan Aykroyd at the end of Trading Places when he's eating it for his father Christmas beard. Great beard. I bet you stink of salmon, didn't you? My, Don't. Mm. If he burps near you, G or Mikey or any other people in the studio, give him short shrift. Give him no shrift at all. That boy stinking the place out. Got loads of lovely emails from you. Uh, a lot of them regarding the revolution, which as we know is going quite well, and uh, some of the important tenets of the revolution, i.e. Cocoa Pops. Because, um, like, um, you know, like, the Cocoa Pop advert has changed, Matt. You're aware of this. We yes. discussed it last oh, week. Yes. The Cocoa Monkey has been removed from the, from the Cocoa Pop advert. Why is everyone and getting his name wrong? Because he's called Cocoa Monkey, he's isn't called he? He's called Cocoa Monkey. You called him the Cocoa Monkey. Yeah, well, I've got respect for him. I don't know him. Mikey's called what? him Coco the Monkey. He's called Coco yeah, Monkey. 
Come on, Kerry, that's what we're called, yeah? There's no need for a definite article anywhere in his name preceding it amidst it or as a suffix. Fair yeah. enough. Okay, Coco Monkey. What, um, we've been hounding Kellogg's for an explanation because we don't, an uh, important part of our revolution is we want nothing ever to change, which is another idea since our revolution is fundamentally about change. And what is it, what is it, what's the problem we've got? We don't like this new Coco Pop advert because it's sort of a weird, whispery, ghostly voice, which I've yet to see, and there is nowhere in sight that lovely monkey that I'm very, very, um, I feel enamoured with and I love and have always loved because he's always been ever-present. He's been like a father to me, that monkey. Right, and Mikey, the producer of this show, wrote a letter to Kellogg's complaining, I think, and I, they've responded, haven't they? They have responded here. Shall I read it? Yes, let's hear an item that I like to call Matt tries to read out a letter without stammering, stuttering and burping up Amiga from his <laughs> salmon. <laughs> Hi, Mikey. Thanks for your inquiry about... Who's it from? It says it at the end, you fool. Yeah, but set it up, because then we can imagine him. OK, Michelle! <laughs> Michelle, it's a woman, sexy. Hi, Mikey. Thanks for your inquiry about Coco the monkey. The response from Kellogg's... She's calling him Coco the monkey. That's she because Mikey there. approached her with that and she was too damn embarrassed to correct him. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah. The response from Kellogg's is, Kellogg's will continue to use Coco the monkey in the future as he is a well-loved <laughs> character. We are unable to put you in contact with the actor as he is not a Kellogg's spokesperson. What? Hey, what do they mean, actor? The bloke who yeah, did the voice. Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Coco Pops are so chocolatey, they even turn the milk brown. I don't want to talk to him anyway. He sounded Unless like he was off his head. Andy Serkis did the uh, animation capture <laughs> in a special <laughs> suit. Yeah. The giraffes are it... having the race. <laughs> <laughs> the monkeys and the giraffes are having the race. Oh, the God, giraffes sorry. had already held their heats to select the team that would face <laughs> the monkeys. That was an earlier episode. You take Coco Pops it far to too seriously, mate. <laughs> what about when we were doing our um, traditional, rather have a bowl of... Coco Pops to test the time delay, yeah. yeah. I goes, hmm, it's only about, yeah, it's only about an of the difference. No, goes, <laughs> we're only a bowl of out. What? A we're bowl only a bowl of, of out. <laughs> yeah, I don't need, uh, for me now, Coco Pop lyrics are units of time. Oh no, oh, I ain't seen me wife for about 16 bowls. <laughs> Christ, I miss her. I, I don't know how I'm going to turn a milk chocolatey on my own. Also, um, I did, someone was kind enough to send me a, uh, a link to an old Coco Pop advert that preceded even Coco Monkey. See, now I've learned a lot that, you know, even before Coco Monkey, Coco Pops did exist. And, right, they, there was a Coco Monkey monkey but he was just an orangutan and he didn't have a hat on or anything and like the advert goes like this right it's a bit like the spectrum version of ghostbusters it's a simplified version of the coco pop anthem that we all know and love it goes coco pops raindrops clown hats pig face by kellogg's coco pops so it's like that. it's really weird coco pops Donkey plops, tire shops, <laughs> like that. It's weird, and it's like it's got the same tune as if the tune is some unchallengeable, immutable anthem that cannot ever be challenged, right? Because the tune is the tune the same in the whispery version of nowadays. I think the pe I haven't seen it, but people said that it was. But it's all like yeah, a theory. So why is it that the that the tune cannot change under any circumstances, but they can do what they like with the monkey. Mate, you know, the monkey the, was... They haven't got the budget to change the music. 
Maybe. Right, well, if if anything should have stayed, it was the monkey. And then they say, oh, he's not a spokesman for Kellogg's. Well, I want to know who that bloke is, and I think we should find him and make him say some stuff on our show, right? And th don't think of this as undue prominence to Cocoa Pops. Other cereals are available, and quite frankly, I don't eat Cocoa Pops, because don't I don't say that. trust them. I don't. Well, because oh, they're sending... Go on, carry on with your email. Don't tell everyone they're sending us some. They <laughs> are! <laughs> Mikey goes, they're sending us a lifetime supply of cocoa pops. got big on the cocoa What's a lifetime supply of it? I don't know how long I'm going to live yet. That could be one cocoa pop. I ain't going to eat any, right? So I just need a cocoa pop the size of a, a neck mole, and that'll do me for the rest of my bloody life. Ugh. Whereas someone like Mikey, who bathes in them, He's gonna need them. <laughs> well, he's gonna need them almost incessantly. Carry on with the email. I just we need to know statement. We That's only it. paid a record, yeah. Do send me your address, and I'll happily send you some cocoa. Hang on, I'll <laughs> send you some cocoa pops as soon as I can. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> My you thing. can't buy us, Michelle, with your bloody cocoa pops, love. Can she? Yes. What do you mean? We're just going to accept Cocoa Pops? <laughs> Cocoa Pops ain't a currency. All right, the, the tune of Cocoa Pops has now become recognised as a unit of time. This show's been... We've been talking about Cocoa Pops for about 25 bolovs too long. Yeah. But you can't start trading Cocoa Pops. It's ridiculous. The monkey must still be on the box. Yeah, he's still there, I think. But, yeah. you know, he's not going to say anything, is he? He's not going to tell us about, like, the crocodiles trying to nick his dinner or any of the adventures that go on in the woods where he lived. I love that little guy. Anyway, I suppose we should play a record. Now, as I'm uh, coming home soon, we will play a nice song that signifies that. If you want to give us a bell, 0500 288 291. Stay with us. It's going to be a fantastic show. We don't know if we're going to ring anyone up yet. Probably will. We never know, you know, because when we rang up Jimmy Savile that time, we never knew that would happen. Probably uh, give Noel Gallagher a bottle later on, but it's sure to be a hell of a show. Stay with us. Here's Tom Jones, Green, Green Grass of Home. Oh, blighty. Tom Jones, Green, Green Grass of Home. You listen to Radio 2. This is Russell Brand. It's a bit more downbeat than I remember it, that. Yeah. I, thought, I thought he got more into it. A bit it. more stirring, though, in my memory. Yeah, I thought it was more stirring. It made me think, I might stay here. <laughs> if that's the, all the green, green grass is inspiring in Tom, a passionate man like him, then, you know, it's, perhaps I won't bother. Elvis no, nice Presley record. loved that song, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Elvis Presley used to sit about eating peanut butter and banana sandwiches where the banana bit was taking the, uh, the place of bread, shooting his TV set, listening to that, and marrying teenagers, as far as I can work out. Warmest regards, Nick, is the ending of an email that begins like this. I love the show. think the sooner you get back to London and uh, get Morgan to wind his neck in a bit, the better. Fair <laughs> enough. I just wanted to share this cow-stroke-car-related story. It's sort of relevant from last week's show, I suppose, because of uh, that cow in the studio that Mikey put there, thinking it would be some visual stimuli for webcam viewers. Like, why would you want to look at an inflatable cow? That's like the same mentality that made the uh, Milton Keynes put all them concrete cows up for a while. A few years, and at least that was in a field, at least in context. They, I don't think they put concrete cows up in the houses, you know, they, they just would never have done that. And that is why Mikey will never get a job in town planning, even though probably better suited to that than he is to running a radio show. A few weeks ago, a girlfriend and I, says Nick, went to the New Forest a for a weekend. Or... Uh, so he's got multiple yeah, he said, girlfriends. Uh, he's, 
It says, I think he might be a Mormon, or he's just living the Vida Lorca. I think he's like a Puff Daddy-style character. He just goes there with one of his girlfriends. Oh, but yeah, we've got quite a lot of emails about uh, birds, the, the use of the word bird, and it's, it opened an interesting debate on semantics, which we'll carry out in a minute after we do this delightful email. I went to the New Forest with this girlfriend. We were going for a drive, and as we approached a cattle grid in the road, we saw a cow the other side in the middle of the road looking distressed. It was just standing there, really mooing a lot. Moo it went. So we approached, but the road was too narrow to pass. We paused to see if the cow would move, at which point my girlfriend, clearly panicked by the animal, pushed the central lock in for the car doors as if it was going to try and get in <laughs> for a conventional car entry procedure. The car cow, if it was going to get in, it wouldn't, like, use the handle, would it? That's it's silly. Just smash its way in. Yeah, so that's a really silly... That's that city folk going to the country, isn't it? Oh, there's a cow trying to get into the car. <laughs> yeah. Try and wash our windscreen. <laughs> Don't buy the flowers. Get a proper job. <laughs> I've already bought the evening standard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then he's, he told her that cows can't get into cars in that fashion. Well done, you crazy city folk visiting the countryside. Now, what's this email? Uh, I thought Russell would like to know. Says Karen Chisholm, which is a surname that turns me on a bit. Because it sounds like yes. Oh, it sounds like Chisholm. Karen Chisholm. I shouldn't be turned on by that. Although, hold on, where's that thing you've got in the studio that you you idiots were playing with for about an hour before? Go on, play it now. That's... Matt and Mr G treated that as if it was like a hologram from the future. <laughs> as if it was like Nostradamus's predictions made flesh. As if they discovered the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> do you love that? They'll probably start worshipping that horn thing. Um, it is quite good. So, go on, do it again then. That is this, a cliched sound that you hear in radio, except it ain't even being done properly. It's too far away from the microphone. I think something's like gone inside it. I think so. Well, I would. I some hazard a guess. There's yeah, some salmon, or perhaps even some of Karen's surname. Fort Russell would like to know he's a contender in Petter's sexiest vegetarian of the year Petter. again. He won Petter People uh, Ethical Treatment of Animals. That is Petter sexiest vegetarian. People again. Ethical Treatment of Animals. People's. Ep <laughs> That's not right. You've it, got that wrong. People Ethical Treatment of Animals. <laughs> Please. So, I think uh, I think you say people at the beginning to get their attention. People! And then you like look to you and you're ethical treatment animals! Like that. And then the animals are alright. Uh, anyway, it, Russell is in second place in the sexiest vegetarian of the year. Uh, he won it last year. Thank you, Karen. Judge John Deed is taking the early lead in annual sexiest vegetarian poll. Who judged Judge John Deed? Who judged John Who Deed? Who judge John Deed? Who is he? I demand some information. It about says this here, man. Judge John Deed star Martin Shaw is the lead among men in a poll just launched on Petter. He can't win it. I'm against him with every ounce of my being. He's been right, a, so a hit with British viewers for more than thirty years since he was in the professionals. He's no, leaving I'm against him. Why? 
Well, it's Andy's it's preventing me from being a sexy vegetarian. Now, a lot of people would say that this poll is spurious and meaningless. Not me. I want to win. So go to PETA, that's P-E-T-A dot org dot U-K, and could you, would you mind voting and making me win that, please? Because I don't know, I won it last year and I didn't even get nothing. I didn't get a certificate or anything. But I, I am able to feel when I go to sleep at night that I am the sexiest vegetarian, which makes me feel a lot better about the way I treat my soya bacon and various vegetarian products that I cuddle as I drift off into an ancient slumber. What's the point of Here, being sexy vegetarian? Why those two things well have nothing to do with each other? There's no corollary, really. There's no correlation. No, sorry, yeah, no what? Corollary. Corollary. <laughs> corollary. <laughs> sorry, I feel weak. I need some iron. I'm just going to have a hamburger. I think it's, uh, yeah, there is no direct corollary between being a vegetarian and being a sexy Vegetarian. I mean, yeah, they might as well say vegetarian who's best at fighting, but that's something I would not have a chance of winning. So please vote for me to win that thing and see if I can get a present from them. Um, yeah, hold on. What about last week, right? The sun thing. Do you remember? Oh, Dow, I need that. Dow, our bleeding engineer, is taking vital parts of the show and wandering off with them. Dow, you've done two things that are insulting there. One, you're reading the paper during the show. Two, you're drunk. Three, there's emails here saying, Russell, are you constantly mentioning Rose West? Because Dale... Yeah, look at this. This is from Paul from London. Terrific show. While perusing the online Hawaii photos, it occurred to me that the reason for your incessant references to Rosemary West is your technician, Dale. He bears an uncanny resemblance to the serial killer. Every listener should check out photo 8 of 63 on the BBC website. That's Paul from London. Dale, you've got a doppelganger, doppelganger in London. Well, not London, some nick somewhere. Uh, Rose West. Uh, you do look a bit like her. Cool. That's Paul from London's views, not mine. Just in case you share any of her other proclivities. Right. So, um, uh, here, here's another thing I wanted to go on about. Remember last week I read out this thing out of the sun where it goes, uh, oh, this picture should please Russell Brand haters, right? And I goes, right, or will you give the sun a ring and say they're not to criticise me? Because, uh, you know, there's a picture of me in cold blood, which is on 20th of uh, June, right? I was, the sun sort of printed a photograph on their TV biz page edited by Sarah Nathan. And I, and I I sort of goes, oh, don't say that. And, like, you know, I goes on, my, on this radio show, I goes, give, give them a ring and tell them not to say that. And obviously people must have done, because this is what has been printed in the sum. Poor Russell Brand. He seems to have taken our picture caption of him in Saturday's column to heart. We showed him taking a paste in an ITV's cold blood and suggested the snap would please Russell haters. The sensitive swordsman below <laughs> told his radio to sensitive swordsman. That's a good description. Now, if there's a prize for that, if I could be the most sensitive uh, vegetarian swordsman, I'll be up for that, told his Radio 2 listeners to call TV Biz and tell us how lovely he is. Poor diddums, exclamation mark, they're exclaiming that. Why do you get your listeners to do your dirty work, Russell? Ring us yourself. If it's not already in your little black book, the number's at the top of the page, we wait with bated breath, you swine, exclamation mark. Well, we'll just ring them up then. We'll ring them, in, we'll ring them up now. You shouldn't yeah, have done that well. because you've exposed, you shouldn't show weakness. Shouldn't show weakness? They're only uh, joking. Uh, yeah, that's true. But let's just carry on with it until it becomes something that <laughs> ingests us all, devours us all with its crazed power. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, maybe you're right. Do you think I should not have bothered? No, it, yeah. should, just, yeah, it should just be water off a duck's back. Should be water off a duck's back. But I don't know, I just like doing things like that because it shows that you're engaging with the world. It's interesting. You certainly um, shouldn't, shouldn't uh, send your fans in like those flying monkeys in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> 
it. It makes me feel all cuddled up, like when they send me a nice bra with perfume on it, a perfume bra, and knickers. Unusual things have been arriving. Um, yeah, what's I going to tell you about? Uh, oh yeah, right. I went to see some sharks the other day. Did I tell you about seeing yes, my sharks? Yes, did. Yes. Guess what happened, right? I went swimming with some sharks in a car shark. You told cage. us this last week, by the way. You are delirious. Right, and then, well, listen to this. Then the next day, Edward Norton and uh, and one of his mates went, and they went swimming outside the shark cage, like as if it was a, ch a challenge. Really? They went. They went outside the shark cage. That's I'd reckless, isn't it? I'd love to meet this man. You think, Edward Norton? <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Probably some he's Dutch Edward. bloke called Chris. Just that's <laughs> Edward Norton. He's been outside the cage. It's all in your head. Yeah. How would you? How do you know that? How do you know he went outside the cage? Because the makeup lady told me. <laughs> <laughs> makeup lady goes, Edward Norton went outside the. Well, she's from America. She's trying Edward to lure you out of the cage, the mate. Do you think she's trying to get me killed yeah. in a shark attack? Yeah. I, I did tell her I'd give anything to be more like Edward Norton. Whatever he does, I shall surely do in an attempt to emulate him. Her response was, he swam outside a shark cage just yesterday. Here's the number of the shark cage experience. <laughs> Would you like me to call it for you while reaching for a phone and pushing me towards a boat? Yeah, perhaps this is an attempt on my life. So, hold on, you, bring it when it, it's all right, when the ringing's good. Put it through the desk straight away. So, yeah, right, okay, it's like, yeah, I think we're ringing that sun now. Okay. Like, like, yeah, well, actually, oh, oh, it's ringing, it's ringing, that's the sun. I can't imagine that anyone at the sun's in. That's Hello? Hi, you've reached Emma Cox, deputy TV editor on the sun. I'm not here. Please either leave a message or if it's very urgent, call my mobile. Oh, double seven. Oh, no! Look, bro, talk over it. That's, don't ring the mobile. That'd be mad. That horn! Thank God we've got the horn! Don't say that. <laughs> Hello, uh, Emma. You said to give you a ring and everything. Uh, so I have done. But like since then, I've realised that it don't really matter whether what you say and that because it's uh, Matt says it's got to be water up a duck's bottom, hasn't it, Matthew? <laughs> Matthew. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, just uh, really, it seems that we've rung you with not that much really to say. Oh, how are you? How is the column? Is it going well? And also, everyone at the column. I see it's not just you. It's Sarah, Emma, and Colin Roberts. And, um, yeah, you, we've got a new television programme, publicise it a bit. It comes out in September on uh, Channel 4. It's going to be ever so good. It's called... What's it called, Matthew? Um, we Pro don't know yet. We're not, we're not sure yet, but it'll be a television <laughs> programme. Um, I, I hope you're well, then. Uh, <laughs> love you. But oh, we should probably say something while we've got the answer machine going. Before the beep comes, Matthew, is there anything we could tell them that's relevant? What, like give them a scoop? Yeah, give him a scoop. Uh, hold on, we're going to think of a scoop for you. I know what, you. Judge John Deeds star, Martin Shaw, yeah. eats meat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Judge John Deeds star, Martin Shaw, killed with his bare hands a deer. <laughs> what he done, he was driving down a country lane, he smashed into a deer, he got out of the car and then ate it. <laughs> and then the bit he didn't eat, he had sex with. Would you mind putting, I think that your readership should know about that. Uh, thanks very much. Bye! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, bye then, that's the end of sun. All gone. Oh, that was good, yeah. Well done, Matt, for thinking of something to say there. Otherwise, we'd have just been, you know, we should really, I should think of what I'm doing before I do it. So, yeah, give us a ring, 0500 or text us if you like. Mikey, send us some phone calls, we'll ring up some normal people. What are we going to listen to now, this thing that you and G are into? The Maytals. Yeah, this is the Maytals. What is it? It's in that film, This Is Britain.
<laughs> is that what's called? This is England. Or is this Britain? This is Britain. <laughs> is this Britain? Is that what you're going to say is at the it? airport? Is this Britain? I've been ever so lost. I was on an island. <laughs> is this Britain? Am I famous now? Can I have a cuddle? <laughs> <laughs> Did you know um, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Mate Towels, 5446 was my number. That is a record out of. Is this England? Is it? Oh, this is England. This is England, isn't it? It's good though, yeah. isn't it? Good bass line. It's nice. Good, good what? Bass line? Yeah, ding, ding, yeah, ding, oh, ding, yeah. ding, ding, ding. I like ding, that. Ding, that was in St. Kells, wasn't it? That was in St. when we was growing up dancing yeah. at school. Yeah. Now, what? Uh, that makes us sound like we went to the same school and danced together. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember you used to wear that little mini skirt very, <laughs> when you were selling kitchen roll as a child, all dressed up as a little tranny all his life, little tranny yes, Matt Morgan. Yes. I, I'm surprised we haven't had more people confirming that. If you've seen that advert on the telly and would like to confirm, uh, you know, uh, that Matt Morgan does look like that, then do because I'm trying to really hammer it into him till he's afraid to leave the house. <laughs> um, so also though, remember we're right against consumerism on this program inspire me <laughs> incessantly begging for gifts. Mostly, though, it's just The Apprentice and bras, which, you know, I don't think that's a support in, like, the military-industrial complex or nothing. So, um... <clears throat> yes, it is. Bras are, are a symbol of oppression of women. Mm, and The yeah, Apprentice is about business bras. and, like, you know, elitism. Damn. You're right! Right! I've, once I've watched that series <laughs> of it, uh, we're bringing sugar down. Burn Let your bra, Russell. That. Burn your bra. Oh, I really like how they look and smell and those boobs that are in them. Damn! But if we burn the bras, I suppose that means the boobs are going to be more moving about. So there is a positive thing there right away. And, of course, women won't be so bloody oppressed. I don't think it is a symbol of female oppression. It's just because it, you know, I don't know. I think it's good to have a bra. Plus, they're dashed sexy, aren't they? Um, Lynn, right, <laughs> who looks after my house, right, uh, her son, John, Lynn looks after me now. She keeps it all nice, except for that she's never put a foot wrong, except once when she cut my cat's nuts off when I went on holiday. I went away for a week, came back, the cat had no nuts. God knows what's going to happen this time. I've been away two months. She Probably, it'll probably wear a wig and smoke fags now. She's probably sent it to Huntingdon Life Sciences, but, you know, we've probably got some nice shampoo. Now you've, um, now you've got a bigger house. Has she got a bigger working-class cupboard? Lynn, yeah, my housekeeper's got a cupboard, like, because me, I'll only eat things, like, that are organic and sort of nice. Like, Lynn's got this cupboard and it. it's got white sugar, tea, sort of, like, biscuits, crack, heroin, <laughs> all the filthy condiments. Uh, like, uh, anyway, her uh, lad, John, young John Ryder, is now, like, the national middleweight amateur bottle no sort of i don't know there's some special title but he won a boxing championship he's what he's a boxing champion young john he's only 18 and i've been saying i'd say congratulations for a couple of weeks and since i'll get back tomorrow i thought better do the congratulations casey decides to like casey's worked him up and he decides to punch me or something using his newfound boxing talent so well done john for becoming a boxing champion um but and also anyone else who is now a boxing champion well done well done <laughs> with, with the old boxing, you <laughs> little lovely It's finally boxers. worth it now, all that, you know, all that mm. training now that you've said, well done. Well done, mate. Well done on the boxing. Good on ya. Yeah. I had to go out some boxing. It's bloody hard, isn't it? Yeah. Exhausting. Exhausting. People punch you in the face. It's horrible. So, um, you know, I must say I've got nothing but respect for the boxing community. Um, also, right, me, you, I listen you to You did this. prepare for that boxing match by bo drinking a bottle of gin, though. 
Vyodka, that um, was, actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't just totally aware of your training regime. That's isotonic, <laughs> that is, vodka. John Barnes drinks that. <laughs> it makes you fit as a fiddle. All you need before any bout is a bottle of vodka. Just get out there and show him who's boss. I, I started crying before I'd even been hit. You started crying on the, on the Stairmaster thing that they use to try and get your heartbeat up a bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bloody hell. I gave it a cuddle. I gave the Stairmaster a cuddle and told it it was my best mate. I should never have got involved in a boxing game. It's a mugs game. No, except for you, John. Nice work, son. Uh, con happy congratulations on winning that boxing thing. Happy congratulations to you. Right, now, um, I've got a few important things. Uh, Hannah is on the line. Hannah, hello. Are you all right, love? Hannah. Fine. Hannah, oh, oh, there you hi. are. Are you all right, dear? I can't believe I'm talking to you. My heart's going so fast. Don't worry about it. Imagine that you were drunk and on a Stairmaster. It'd be right out of control. I tell you that for nothing. And you were about to have a boxing match with your own father, as I once was, in a, in a former incarnation. So, Hannah, are you, are, here's some of my questions. Are you all right? I am wonderful, thank you. What are you doing? I'm currently babysitting. Who for? A baby of some kind? No, she's actually quite old. I'm hmm. in the garden, so yeah. I don't wake her up. Well, you're in the garden. That's not very good. God, oh, cry. Right, keep to for God's sake, keep an eye on her. Now, I remember when I was, uh, when I was a lad, and the babysitter would come from. Like my mum made me have babysitters till I was too old. Right, when I was about twelve, thirteen, maybe even a bit older than that. And I remember thinking that there was potential for me to pull the babysitter, chat her up, and maybe uh, get off with her. Now, do you babysit with it for anyone that's a boy in that age group? No, they're all under the age of eight. <sighs> Fair enough. There's no point in that, then, is there? Yeah, that's upsetting, really. How old are you? I'm 17. Oh, wow, you're 17. Okay, fair enough. In that case, I probably shouldn't be talking to you like that. Now, Hannah, <laughs> what is it you're calling about? What are you calling about? Um, I had an idea to further the revolution. Good. About time, too, because a lot of our policies are a bit ill-conceived. Mostly it focuses on trying to bring back a Cocoa Pop advert, <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to help people in developing nations. Well, this is heading towards sort of propaganda-wise rather than oh. policy, but I figured as a sort of homage to your trying to cram words into the news every week... Yes, yes. Um, there's billions of students across the country doing exams at the moment, and if you gave them all a word that we could sneak into our exam papers, if that were possible... Yes, well, and then that then could... You could you could infiltrate the academic system. Right, we can get into the academic system. I've got a letter from a lad who's a soldier, right? He says he's going to help us bring down the military. I'll find that bloody letter in a minute. <laughs> You're right, that's a... Where's that bloody what? letter? What? Well, what? honestly, what, with these two leads, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Gordon Brown, you know, he's taking over a sinking ship here. He's, he's taking over a sinking ship. Good luck, Gordon, because I tell you, we've got a soldier and a student, and we've pretty much got it all covered. Where is he? This, where is my soldier gone? Where's my bloody soldier? Oh, no. Yeah, will you help me find that email from a soldier, please? I can't find it. Well, right, OK, so all students, if you're doing an exam, write, what should we write, Hannah, on the papers? I have no idea. That's up to you. I think something along the lines of... Judge John Deedstar <laughs> Martin Shaw <laughs> kills and then mates with 
any animal he can. It's the only thing he lives for. So put something about Judge Jitter. Jitter. No, I like mine, sure. He was in the professionals. But nonetheless, when it comes to vegetarian contests, we've got to be ruthless. So, uh, yeah, just slander Judge John Deed. We're starting off the revolution on quite minor, small-scale fronts. But we're going to move on to things like the abolish abolition of currency and all religions so that we're all nice and in all lovely, delicious peace and everything. Um, all right, I'll try and cram that into my lit essay tomorrow, then. Get it oh, in there, oh, Hannah. Get it right in your lit essay. Subtly, yeah. Wait, and Hannah, before you go, look, I found this electronic letter. It's off Brian Christie. Hello, Russell. First off, good show. I download it every week and listen to it. Now my main point. <laughs> That's brilliant. That was just small talk. I am an ex-soldier and would like to offer my services to you for the revolution. I could contact my military friends and drum up support for you, thus enabling you to stage a bloody coup on Downing Street. I think we might be anti-violence. I'm not sure. I think that's our position. Then everyone can be equal, except my boss, who is a sex word. Anyway, let me know your thoughts. If not, though, you could at least give me a mention so I can have a second of fame in which to bask for the remainder of my life and use the story to bore my children and their children for all of my life. Brian Christie, your children will not be bored, Brian, because we're going to use your military contacts to stage a bloodless, glorious coup in ice cream vans, all packed up with soldiers, but dressed up like ice cream men, though, with no trousers and pants on, all with ice cream cones, raging against the machine. It sounds delicious. Right, so we've got the academic system covered, we've got the military covered, the revolution's in good shape. Hannah, do you feel confident in our glorious new era? I absolutely do. Well done, love. Thank you very much for your call. Uh, Thank take you it so easy. Much, no, it's all right. It's nice talking to you. Enjoy your babysitting and everything. And uh, good luck I with will. your exams. Good luck, everyone, with love exams. You, yeah, love you. Take care. Love you. Bye, bye. Love you. Bye. bye. Um, remember, though, it don't matter if you don't have no exams, because me and Matt, I don't think we've got any. And, uh, and what? Uh, I've got loads. Have you? You little twerp. What ones have you got? Name one. <laughs> English. I've got a, I've got a B in, uh, in English. <laughs> Did you, I bet you was trying. I've got a B got, at A level uh, in English literature. Did you? You little yeah. square. I've got three A's, three boffy. B's, two C's and a D at GCSE, and then I've got four A levels. I've got a B in English mm. literature. I've got, I can't remember. All right, little confused. Crazy thing, days! <laughs> Crazy days. Right, now someone what bought me got, a certificate to go to Monkey World. I've got a monkey that I've adopted, <laughs> Charlie. Charlie the monkey. He's mine now, right? And uh, if you've seen the programme Monkey Business, you'll know that Charlie is one of the best monkeys there. Now, I'm going down that Monkey World, and I'm getting him, because I'm not leaving him there. They don't know what they're doing with monkeys there. I'm going to get him. I'm going to dress him up in the bras and knickers I get sent through the mail, and just make him sort of my little monkey wife, cuddle him right up. Perhaps you like that in apples, Matthew, which is a think, phrase we've got. I don't think Petter would be into that. <laughs> no, no, uh, it might compromise my sexy vegetarian status if people find out that I do have a monkey dressed in lingerie <laughs> that I keep with me and live with as my common law wife. Um, I also, here, listen what to does this, that mean, right? common law wife? If you're not actually um, married, but you've lived with her for so long that... They think, oh, you might as well be your wife now. You've really, for God's sake, you're not going to get anyone else. You've been stuck together so long, you pair of twerps. Yeah, I don't like the sound of common law wife. I don't like this, oh, oh, my common law wife's in the car. <laughs> Stupid cow. <laughs> <laughs> I try to have it off with my common law wife, but she hit me in a windpipe. <laughs> yeah, common law wife. It undermines the whole institution of marriage. If I want it sort of like, yeah, sexy law wife or something like that, some better sounding phrase. Right, guess what, mate? Right, now, and everyone, everyone check this out for some home truths. Right, this bloke had a pet monkey, right, like how I've got one now, but lives down Monkey World. Right, if well, you he's go to Monkey World. You adopt it. 
sort of thing. Yeah, you adopt it. It's bloke. Uh, yeah, you adopt it. I'm obviously going to leave mine there with the experts. Not going to employ the system I did with baby birds when I was a kid. Get them baby birds, stick them in the back of the at Walker, wait for them to die <laughs> on their diet of crashed up Smarties, and like with the you're losing. That, that, you're sliding down this pole badly, mate. Um, oh no! I loved them little. I was trying to help. I just didn't have the information. I would, would try to, as hard to save them little things. Right? Guess listen to this. Right? This bloke had a pet monkey in the monkey Michael Jackson style. It living at his house, right? Then he took it to a monkey sanctuary to live there because he was kinder for it, right? And, he, and on his birthday, he went to visit the monkey with his wife, and he was living with loads of other monkeys in the sanctuary. He'd give it a birthday cake, and the other <laughs> monkeys were so angry that they <laughs> tore the man's face off out of anger <laughs> and jealousy. <laughs> what? They were jealous. Uh, well, just that thing that I said just then, that again, but louder. Now, honestly, that did happen. Oh my God. Like, Monkeys have got a strict hierarchical system. They tore the cake up. <laughs> no, they didn't. They might have done that at some point, but they didn't report that in the story. Probably because it was relegated because a man got his face torn off. They thought uh, if a reporter has gone, also look, they've ruined that cake. Uh, someone would probably go, well, yeah, we must focus <laughs> on the main thrust of a story, which is a man has lost his face. Hang on a minute. Know, when did this happen? Uh, Two thousand and four. I think, Blimey. around then, around 2004. Yeah, have a look on it on the internet, it's definitely true, right? So, like, that's terrible, isn't it, that the other monkeys are so ungracious? So if you are visiting monkeys, remember, always get a present for all of them. Like, I expect, Matt, you've got lots of siblings, and I expect on one of, say it's your brother's birthday, did you get a little present as well to calm you down? No. Oh, yes, we did, when we were kids, it was called an unbirthday so present. <laughs> you said that no now, like as if you're still bitter. No, I didn't. It was my brother's birthday <laughs> yesterday, and all I got was a fistful of mouldy salmon that I jammed down my throat while looking at a clock. Oh, it's almost midnight. Like Cinderella, hitching up your petticoats, cleaning up the kitchen, stuffing loads of salmon. It's Matt Morgan. Right, okay, lots of things is happening in our world. Is that true, that man's face got pulled off by monkeys because he gave a cake to a monkey? Yeah, he gave it to awful. one monkey. The other monkeys was furious. Why did he go in it. there? Why didn't he just? He ask... That's stupid. I'd have just pushed the cake through the bars. <laughs> yeah. Give him an angel cake or saying a Battenberg cake, saying it would fit through bars. Poke, poke it through. Do you with think the monkey just... was left with the cake and just thought, well, this? I mean, this is soured now, somewhat. <laughs> By the well, scene I I've just really... witnessed. <laughs> this cake is delicious, but <laughs> frankly, this will always be remembered as the birthday where Bernard's had his face torn off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had a birthday cake I was once. so upset. I mean, I've eaten one of the candles. I don't know if that's going to kill me or what. <laughs> I'll go the same way. Oh, well done, guys. Yeah, way to ruin my birthday. <laughs> oh, happy birthday to you as well, yeah? <laughs> I thought he was going to give me the bumps. You've just ripped me owner's face off. Well done. <laughs> what are you going to do for Christmas? Have it off with my wife. <laughs> What's next? Come on. Yeah, monkey protocol. Who knew that monkeys had such strong protocols about birthday? And we're only 1% genetically different from a monkey, aren't we? So let's, for God's sake, be careful with each oh. other. As one philosopher remarked, <laughs> bearing in mind the nature of man, it is not a miracle that there's violence in the world, but that there isn't more. That, you know, we're such savage you reading creatures that the surface. Yes, I was, actually. A book called Things That I Know To Be True, an insight of facts. Here, my bookie book's coming out soon. You excited to read it, Matt? Uh, I'm allowed to read that before I've actually looked into this legally. <laughs> You've done what on the internet? Because I'm writing a bookie work. You come out of it. You're got in the film of my life, which would be a bloody lovely little smashing movie. You'd be getting a very good part. You should be grateful. What is there a film of your life? 
No, but if there was, you should be grateful in that hypothetical world. Why should I be grateful? Of... I've known you for ages. I've done loads of things with you, so therefore I should be grateful that then they haven't edited me out of the film. <laughs> this Matt guy, um, he's bringing the whole thing down. <laughs> well, I'm just about now to go back and amend my autobiography to include a whole chapter called Matt Morgan stuffing salmon down his face like Cinderella because he's a impoverished wreck. No, That's I just hate I, wasted food. I, you know, it was a huge thing of salmon. I thought, I've got to eat some of that. And just, that Why are you buying so much salmon? I don't know. You're like Mary Antoinette, you are, except <laughs> let them eat salmon. The way you're living, the decadence is unforgivable. Oh, yeah, there's an email about this advert here. It's from Johnny. Hello, Russell and Matt, and to a lesser extent, Mikey, who is not the best. Oh, don't attack Mikey. We like him, really. And G, of course. There's, some, there's a lot of people think G's sexy nowadays, I notice. A lot really? of them, they're well after him. Yeah, a lot of people seem to want to have scrape. sex with him. <laughs> there you go. He loves it. <laughs> There's, uh, that's how G <laughs> celebrates life. That's how he releases these spores. Yeah, I agree. What's going on about spores? There's two minutes to the news, Russell, so don't, uh, you know, drag So what? Who cares? This is the news. Well, I'm about to read some news, all right? So who cares what else is happening? I agree that Matt does look like the men from the bounty advert. However, although it was n merely in jest, it's not nice for you to call Matt a ha hermaphrodite and a tranny as an insult. This is depressing. Not for Matt. I'm sure he's used to it by now, but for transgender people. To be fair, I can't tell, having no, n never had any contact with a transgender person, but it seems to me that using hermaphrodite as an insult is as bad, if not worse, as using gay as an insult. Also, tranny is a derogatory term. Thanks for your consideration. Right, sorry, uh, transgender people. Yeah, what? I, just, I remember just, just then, when you did a stand-up gig, and you... Oh, my God. Do you remember that? That was ridiculous, yeah. I was talking about, it was when I was doing Big Brother, and uh, that lady, uh, who was it, N Nadia, Nadia, yeah, that transsexual Nadia won it. I did a bit of stand-up. We'll tell that story after the news, yeah? Can you remember bits of it, Matthew? Yeah. I did some, oh dear, that was a very, that, that was, was a berserk evening. <laughs> Bloody awful, that was. Yeah, the worst thing that could happen when doing stand-up about transsexuals happened to me in a room. It was only a little room, about 30 people, and it was ridiculous. So, yeah, I forgot all about that. That was quite interesting. Okay, after the news, which is coming up real, real soon, we're going to be reading more of your emails. We'll do some more phone calls. Might ring up Noel Gallagher, give the show a bit of kudos. I ain't spoke to him since his birthday either. Um, if you want to ring us, it's 0500 288 291. Send us text, 88291. Send us emails. You know how to do the emails by now. Okay, then. Right. Well, you know, the world keeps moving on. We can't stop the relentless march of time. This is Radio 2. This is the news coming right up to you. 88 to 91 FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. Online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. You're listening to Radio 2, that was the Jackson 5, I want you back, I want you back, that's what I want to happen, is for you to come back. And uh, before that, it was the news, with all sorts of things, what's been happening on our little old planet. Um, Matt, you alright, mate? Yes, very good. Good, good. What are you doing? Did you get bored during the news and try and scoff down a load of caviar that was no. half-priced or something? Good, Drew good. a little picture and just, you know, focused on the just show. 
focused on the show and your pictures. He does like to do little drawings. Uh, that's one of the things I miss about doing the show from Hawaii. He's been now uh, peer across the desk and see Matt doodling away with his tongue fixed firmly in the corner of his mouth, <laughs> happily drawing merry-go-rounds and imaginary friends for himself to keep him <laughs> occupied. This is from Lizzie. Hi, Russell. Yeah, it's Lizzie, baby. Well, you're Hi, meant to be Russell. telling the story yeah, about what? when you did stay Oh, up, yeah. All right, we'll do that. We'll remember all the details. That'll be a, a smashing little tale. I'll just do this. We'll do that story about that uh, transgender issue in a second. Matthew, well remembered. Oh, you're supposed to be doing that thing about a transgender. <laughs> you're not speaking uh, like that. Yes, you do. Hi, Russell. Just thought I'd send you an email to tell you that the word of the revolution is spread. I was watching Sank about the two Ronnies, and Ronnie Corbett was showing some of his favourite sketches, and between them he would talk about the sketch and do a joke, and one was that his manager was on the phone shouting at him or something like that, and then when he puts the phone down, he said something like, I better carry on till Russell Brown takes over. Now I know how Tony Blair feels. This could either mean that Tony Blair is worried about Gordon Brown taking over, or he has heard about the revolution, which is much more likely. Oh, and I thought we'd tell you that Coco Pops has a different jingle. Is Coco Bop? Pops makes a bowl full of fun. We know about that now, Lizzie. Hope you had a good birthday in Hawaii. I did. It was all right. There were sharks. Edward Norton cuddled one, though, apparently. So, yeah, that's good. So that at least we know that Corbett is aware of the revolution. And it sounds to me like Ronnie Corbett is well on side. He could be useful, I imagine. We could send him like in a network. Once we've got the military, of course, Brian's going to get their military on side. I don't know. Perhaps we can dress Ronnie Corbett up like a little general and just push him about on a skateboard just to keep people's spirits up. Um, there's an email here. What, Matt? I'm a bit worried about Brian. Do you think he's got, Why are you like, worried about him? He's kept his rifle from the army. He polishes it. He might it. have done. He might have, yeah. Now, he said he'd got kids and that, hasn't he? So he's probably, you know, I reckon he's a father now. I don't reckon he's like a sort of a Rambo-style character waiting to go off. I think he's keeping his head together. Brian, I hope so, mate, because we've given him control over the Defence Ministry. So, you know, I hope you he's not going to abuse that great power. bodyguard. One day you'll need a bodyguard. Yeah, I wouldn't like, I'd like a fleet of bodyguards, actually, thinking about it. I'll have women ones, like hard women. Like when somebody go to a club and it's a hard woman on the door. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, but, what? Mm, I don't know. What are you, go on, say something sexist, go on. Because I tell go on, say something sexist. Listen, <laughs> this, this, this is from Sarah. Dear Russell, I very much enjoyed your show last week, would like to add some things. Firstly, the old sexism thing. I'm sure you don't think of women as objects. Well, <laughs> not unless I fancy them. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm mucking around. Uh, but the word bird has those connotations, so why don't you just not use it? What's wrong with saying woman or their actual name? Woman could be a bit sexist if you did that to address them. Woman! <laughs> where is my latest orgasm? Do that noise in the studio. Oh, you boys. <laughs> where is someone groping around for that horn? I bet, that's what, I bet that's what it's like having it off with Mr G. Him scribbling on his notepad by the bed, letting off his horn. Um, so, what's wrong with saying woman or their actual name? I can see where you're coming from regarding the working class issue, but just because it's what everyone said when you're growing up, it doesn't make it okay. Otherwise, people could use that as an excuse for anything. We're meant to progress. Also, you and Matt do laugh quite a lot about gay stroke camp men. I'm sure you don't mean it or unaware, but both of these things help to reinforce the views held by some people that women and gay men don't deserve the same respect as straight men and could be laughed at or referred to in derogatory terms because they're less important. <laughs> oh, no, right, but we've okay. uncovered the issue that straight men... Yeah. More, you know, they ha there's a lot of, um, you know, whatever the ism is about about men. God, oh, I know that! There's a, there's a, where's that word? There's a word for it. You know, we was wondering what misogyny is. Yeah, here, this is from someone in New Zealand. Homogeny. No. Homogeny, that's making everything the same or doing some milk. Here. Anyway, you've probably already found out that the milk, the male, not milk, that the male <laughs> version of misogyny is misandry. We hadn't found really? that out because we literally do. 
Misandry. Misandry. Misogyny. Yeah, misandry. So, yeah, so there it is. Uh, I thought I'd let you know anyway and just say hi. I'm coming to England in six weeks to catch one of your gigs. Can I join the cult while I'm there? Do you do long-distance membership? Yes, you can belong to the revolutionary cult. All you have to do is just say, I'm a member of it now, and then be fiercely loyal and do anything you can to destroy the reputation of one of England's cherished actors, Martin Shaw. Hello, there's a... Uh, where's this email? Some, some young lass sent me this thing. Oh, look, this is from Rachel, age 17. Hello, Russell and Matt. Listening to your radio show, I like the idea of putting words into accents. I will attempt to add one into my English A-level on Monday. Um, I'm not sure how it relates to What's the to point, tonight, though, to doing, of doing um, that? I don't know. That girl suggested it. Let's encourage her. She's but, on the right track. Well, yeah. well it would just be weird, wouldn't it? Because all the examiners will think, why have all these exam papers got attacks on Judge John Steed written in them? <laughs> and it will confuse them, yeah, and that will make all them feel to, less if they, confident. If they all had, they need to come to the same source, that they're all to somebody at the same point, so they all go, yeah. hang on, did yours have, yeah, mine did, and it has, you know, they probably don't. People just mark those things, they won't, you know, it doesn't go to a mm. central source. Well, don't you reckon the examiners chat in the cafe at lunch? I think people just get sent those exams and mark them at home. They mark them at home? Yeah. They might not be focused. What if they're, they're probably watching something on the telly, wandering around, still stinking of last night's booze? I know. Burping, scratching themselves, then casually marking an exam. No wonder the standards have slumped, mind you. The standards have gone up. And I say hats <laughs> off to those examiners. Uh, <laughs> anyway, only one problem, says Rachel, 17. I love Judge John Deed. He always knows what to do, never does any wrong. However, if you say he eats meat, even though he declares he's a vegetarian, I suppose I'll take your word for it. I'll convince my friends to take part in the revolution. Rachel, Judge John Steed eats meat and has sex with gammon. That is all you need to know. And, and put that in your exams. And if that doesn't get you through the 12th night examination, there's something very, very wrong with this country. So, um, yeah, all right, we, we have language. Mm, difficult, because I know that, um, I read that thing that happened in Big Brother, that were, that girl using racist language, mm. daft cow. Sounds like she's probably just a bit daft as opposed to virulently dangerously racist. Cow. That's sexist. Mm, oh, shit. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> It's getting worse. Say sorry quickly. <laughs> sorry for uh, swearing. I don't mean it, and I'm not uh, endorsing swearing. I was just, I only swore because <laughs> I was worried that I'd been sexist. <laughs> I'm against swearing in all its forms, bloody stuff. This isn't, uh, uh, oh, not that. Light swear is all right. Oh, no. I'm in a moral Don't worry, I'm in a linguistic. I've got this one. I would like to back Matthew Morgan's comments <laughs> of, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> that is my true feelings on the, the, all subjects. From I'm against everything that ain't nice, all right? So <laughs> there it is. I don't think you should be sexist. I don't think you should be racist. I don't think you should be horrible to anyone. I think just be all lovely and cuddly. Not in a woolly way, but in a, like, the force of God is soaring through all of us. Let's be powerfully beautiful. Okay, Not in a woolly, wet now. way. No, you won't fade me down! <laughs> we'll have this... Come on, let's tell that story about that transsexual thing. So I was, um... Like, in Camden, doing stand-up in front of about 30 people, and it was at the time I was doing, I think it was the first time I'd done Big Brother, and Nadia was in it, and I started thinking about, like, yeah, I was thinking about, like, the uh, transgender issue, and I was thinking out loud on a stage, which is never um, wise. But oh, I seem what? to remember you saying something about, what, what do I do with it, Willie, afterwards? Use it as a draft excluder. You said that! You tried to get me to say that! No, right? that's why? what you said. That's why you were saying things like that. No, I, hold on, I can remember some of the things I said. I goes, oh, it's weird to the transgender issue, because they say, I feel like I'm a man. But I goes, how would you know what a man feels like if you... No, yeah, it, it, they say, I feel like a woman. But I go, how would you know what a woman feels like if you were born a man? That's like saying, I feel like I'm a helicopter. 
right, or something like that. That's what I said, and I was being deliberately frivolous. And then I also started. Then I started to get sort of quite. Uh, graphic about like the anatomical and biological realities of it and like sort of the yeah. transformation of a penis into a clitoris right and like and this person <laughs> in the front row this woman in the front row started going well you know it's a man simple procedure no woman because it was be a man. You know, yeah, so you call, you say woman, no, don't on, you? Was, That's oh, the whole okay. point. Once someone's cut their willy off, like, you know, and you can't then still call them a man, mate. That's going to upset them, right? So this um, <laughs> woman was able to answer the questions very accurately, and I went, so if you know a lot about it, and she went, yeah, that's because I used to be a man, and I've had a transgender operation, and, <laughs> and I went, oh... Well, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think, I, like, oh, yeah, what do they feel like? What? It's like saying, I feel like a helicopter. What a draft exclude. Oh, what are you doing? You could get the willing to be a clearest. The really sort of quite pure old view of the whole topic of uh, transgender uh, operations. And it turned out that there was someone there that had been through that very procedure. So, I have got cause to be sensitive towards people. You're quite right. I wouldn't use tranny as a derogatory term. I thought it was just all right. Do you remember that time, Matt, when we went around that um, adult baby service woman's house and there was, uh, like, there was a transvestite round? Do you remember that? Yes, I do Have we ever spoke that. about it? That was a bit we balmy, have, wasn't it? We were making we a TV... Well, we weren't making a TV programme. We were... We had a we camera. We minds. We went, we went round, we went to, like, you know them adult baby people, right, everyone? They dress up as a, what they do is they dress up as a baby, then go around a prostitute's house and just go things like, oh, mummy, mummy, I've wet my nappy. Stuff like that. They like it. And who's to say there's anything wrong with that? Who's to judge them, right? And we went for, oh, that sounds like a laugh. So we, me and Matt got a camera, phoned up this lady that offered that service. Uh, she was a prostitute. We went round her house, with, like, goes, oh, can we film you and we'll do all this? And I had this big, <laughs> me and Matt, such idiots. <laughs> we got a nappy from a joke show. <laughs> and, I, and like the, she was just goes, oh, come let's just have a drink. Pin. Yeah, it's a great big pin in it. It was stupid. It was out of scale. The pin, the pin was about the size of an arm, right? And then like we went, like she goes, oh, let's just have a drink. And like you know, I didn't drink anymore. So we were they like Matt was. I don't know. I don't think Matt was drunk either. Actually thinking about it, but that that, that prostitute got lady got drunk. And she what, had no, a, like, that, the thing was when we first got there, there was this beautiful blonde woman. And she was yeah, brushing her hair. in a blue hair. dress. And me and Matt were like nudging each other, going, hello, and Luck's in, all right, sir, this don't look at all bad, don't mind if I do. And then it became clear that the person brushing their hair was an ex-fireman called Steve. <laughs> and like, is it mad that it, it was like a really masculine job that she'd done? She'd train, and like, yeah, it was odd though, because when she was a man, she was a fireman, and now she'd had become like dressed up as a woman and became a woman, she was a prostitute. That's no, like, you know, firemen surely is more help to, in a fire situation. Good, though, because it, she's still got the skills and the knowledge. Right, so if there had been a fire, it. yeah, if there'd been a fire in that situation, there's a lot of prostitute <laughs> buildings, so that, you know, like not probably the most the best health and safety. No, because really, it's difficult so. to regulate because it's generally considered illegal. So anyway, then we realised that that was like a, a man or had formerly been a man, and we thought, oh no, we won't um, chat her up anymore because we weren't into it. We were just lads. And then, uh, then like sort of the, that that one went home, and then we just stayed there with that prostitute for a while. And like this adult baby service was aggressive; <laughs> she just kept hitting me really hard <laughs> with like a carpet beater. You know, in the Beano, if we they hit a carpet. Got away from there. Well, it was mental. I'm, I, like, we liked it, though, at the time. She kept beating me really hard with this carpet beater until the nappy was all exploding and all feathers was coming out of the nappy or bits of fluff and that, and it was like Christmas. It was like a snowstorm with me getting it on the arse. And we it, thought, and we were making sort of, like, a, we thought this is brilliant. We're going to get a TV show commissioned off this. We'll get awards from this. This is great. <laughs> then she goes, come through to the bedroom. She was more drunk. Matt said she looked a bit like a Sesame Street character with a drop-down aubergine nose. I thought she was pretty sexy and looked a bit like the housekeeper out of Tom and Jerry. She 
big sort of lady. I thought she was all right. Then we went to the bedroom. She goes, let's go bedroom now. Took us in the bedroom. And, and always these sort of prostitution boudoirs have a sort of a depressing air to them quite often. She didn't live there all the time. She just used that flat to have it off in. And, like, she's then, like, attached loads of, like, I was just in this nappy. She goes, go on then, wee yourself. <laughs> then, say on this. <laughs> all right, and it then just I went may on for or ages may not and it was ridiculous. weed myself. Then there was lots things of... you wouldn't do to a baby, like put Nothing. You pegs should on never, it. never put cloves pegs on a baby's boobs and genitals. I can't go through loads of pegs. Then she tipped loads of wax over my most intimate part from about a centimetre away. Like, and, I got you know, so I bored, was, didn't I? I was just texting. Matt was. There's a really amazing bit where you can see. We've still got the footage somewhere. There's Matt with a camera. Filming it, you can see me. I'm laying Don't on a bed. You, yeah, you're having things done to you, which were yeah, all pegs and wax tipped on my naked body, right? And you can see, and there's a, she's got a mirrored wardrobe in there, and you can see a reflect, you can see a reflection of Matt filming it, and he ain't even watching. He's texting on his phone. <laughs> I'm laying on a bed, but he's sexually tortured. Matt's sending a text message. It went on forever. Right, like he's bored of it. It did go on. Then, and uh, then, then we hadn't even uh, organised anywhere to sleep that night, so we had to ask her if we could stay there. We had to sleep in her disgusting <laughs> bed. And she went home to her house. Yeah, she went home to her house and left me and Matt in the prostitute flat. Matt didn't like sleeping in her bed. I was fine. I weren't bothered. Matt was laying all towels everywhere, <laughs> trying to protect himself <laughs> in a like little baby grow that he was trying to make himself out of towels. <laughs> I'm not sleeping on that. People have it off in here. Get into it, man. It's cool. And then we look around. And, like then the next day, we rang her up and goes uh, like we rang up and goes and I and pretended and I've pretended to be a policeman. Went, oh, hello there. My name is uh, Constable Augustine from the Kent Constabulary. Uh, two lunatics escaped from an asylum yesterday, stole some camera equipment and have been posing as a film crew for Channel 4. Uh, have you encountered them? Because we, we've got them, we've, oh no, we've got them now in custody and one of them's got a lot of marks on his bottom butt <laughs> and things like that. And she was going, oh no, I've never met them, I've never met them. And then she admitted that she'd met us and going, no, they're good lads, they're good lads. Well, one of them's got marks on his butt butt. No, I don't know how he'd have got those. I don't know. Well, he said he's been, it looks like he's been smacked on his butt butt. It was funny, wasn't it, us doing that? He was mad. We should really be. But, oh, were we brilliant? And then we sent it to chat, like, we showed John Noll, our agent, go, yeah, John, we've made this brilliant thing. They said, because he gave us money, go, go on then, go and make it. If you want to make a TV programme, go and make it and show us it when you get back. Then we showed him it, and the first bit of it was me naked on a That's bed, all so covered in pigs. Yeah, and then something was happening. <laughs> and, and, I, and he goes, you can't give that to Channel 4, you idiots. You belong in an hospital. <laughs> it was ridiculous, really. I don't know it what we were bad. thinking. We did, there was a sweet part as well where we found a little toy snowman. Man in a skip. And oh yeah, called it Meredith, we ca and we called it Meredith. And I've still got that little snowman. I oh, liked yeah. him because we needed something innocent to hold on to because our lives had gone all decadent and strange. Happy days, weren't they, Matt? That's in the autobiography. No. That story. That's in my book. Yeah, it is. Come and see me on tour as well if you're not coming already. And I'll be good, Matt. Why don't you come on tour? You'll half enjoy you it. Keep saying this. What and perform? Yeah, I don't do some spoken word. Do. <laughs> I've got nothing. You and Jeek come along and do your horn act together. <laughs> you can come out with your horn. Just, yeah. They are. Who wouldn't enjoy seeing that around the country's premier venues? <laughs> have a look at uh, russellbrand.tv or go to my MySpace to have a look at it and come and see me do it. Right, okay then, let's listen to some bloody music. We talk so much, don't we? Don't we no. yak on, though? No. Oh, we talk. Right, so yeah, if you want to give us a ring, it's 0500 288 291, or you can email rust.brand at or you can text 88 291. What are we going to listen to now? You um, couple of twerps. Sublime. What is that? Put it on then, I'll have a listen. Okay, here we go. 
You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. That was Sublime. Tell us more about it, Matthew. What is it? The song called Santeria. And it's... Mmm! That's very nice. See what you get for your it's birthday. It's a summary, isn't good. it? Oh, yeah, it's a summary. Yeah, nice. Now, look, I've got some things to say thanks for. Karen, thanks for my candle. Lindsay, thank you, Lindsay, for my bracelet. Valerie, thanks for a Jack Kerouac book. Me and Matt are off to recreate the journey of Jack Kerouac on, um, in On the Road soon for a TV programme. Watch out for that. That'll be good. Candle uh, and a bracelet? Yeah. Oh, sound like some Different people. girl in a turn-of-the-century <laughs> novel. <laughs> thank you, Mr. Darcy, you've I knocked me... <laughs> I keep it close to my bosom always and think of you. It's scented, of course, and a simple a piece of your hair within it. Um, and also, thanks, Noreen, for my aftershave, and happy 16th birthday on the 18th of June to you. Now, like, remember that we said a little while ago, I was fascinated, in fact, by that y young lad who uh, bought a hamster on Las Ramblas in Barcelona. Well, look, here's another story about similar lads doing the same thing. Dear Russell, Matt and Mr G, I'm an A-level student. He's ain't put his name on it. Obviously, he has. He's called Charlie Lyons. That's a good name. He says, a white little geezer. Um, he's an A-level student. Uh, because he's at boarding school, I can't listen to your show live, but download the podcast every week. Congratulations being at number one slot. We better still be at number one. Keep downloading it. The story of the guy who bought the hamster from one of the stores in Las Ramblers reminded me of a similar situation. We were on a school trip to Barcelona, staying with Spanish families. I bet you've done something like that, Matt, ain't you? Have you been to stay with French families? Uh, Slovakian. I did it once. <laughs> And stayed with a Slovakian family. How did it go? Was it all right? It was good, except they um, drink loads of booze, and they even like we, I think how old were we? Sixteen or seventeen? And they gave us huge in our in our lunch boxes. They gave us this beer that was like a pint and a half of beer, really strong, like six percent beer, and a big so sandwich beer for, for lunch. Yeah, they don't think of beer as alcohol because they drink like this stuff called Slivovitsa, which is really strong. Right, that it's mucks really you up. So there. beer is just like that's just like Tizer or something. Yeah. yeah. Did you get on with them, or did the, 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 did the bed sheets smell funny? Was it weird? Was it like no, being it's at nice, actually. Were, it was big. All the houses were built in communism, and I thought they'd be cool. But they were huge. They were massive houses. But I got See, into the revolution's going to be brilliant. What you got in trouble? Why buying knives? No, I tried. There was um, we were in this nightclub, and then suddenly all the women went to one other room, and then this stripper yeah. came out, and I was on my own with my like the girl I was. You know, my exchange partner. This stripper yeah. came out and did this... Exchange partner? That's the most unromantic description of sex <laughs> I've ever heard. But and, go on, this stripper done what? And she did this, like, sex show, and I had one of those disposable cameras, and I thought, this is brilliant, I've got to show my mates. <laughs> and I, I took a photo, and it flashed, and the woman went, mm. oh, and ran off uh, backstage, oh, no, like and these bouncers her. came out, <gasps> and uh, there was all people who were with us going, no, he's English, he's English, he's English, and uh, they grabbed well, me by they my gonna hair. Well, they were going to beat you up if... They did, oh, they grabbed God. me by my hair, banged my head on the wall, and then they took my camera off me, but they hadn't seen a disposable camera before. And they said they wanted to take the film out of it and give me the camera back. And they, oh. it took them ages, and then they just gave me, it was all like foil and wires and bits of cardboard, <laughs> and they gave me that back. I've always wondered what was inside there, and now thanks to you being such a deliciously perverse gentleman, <laughs> I now know. So don't do that don't if you're on an exchange but, trip. Yeah. Don't go to strip clubs. If you do go, I don't know, do it. It like, wasn't a strip club, nice. it was just a normal club. Under don't a 24 hour challenge. Don't try and dress this up, Matthew. You're in a brothel, Sorry. taking photographs, and justice <laughs> prevailed, as it always will. Uh, so this lad, uh, Chris, what's his name? Charlie Lyons, he was wandering down that Ramblers. On the way, we stopped by one of these stalls, him and his mate Benji. They said that three 
euros was reasonable for an hamster, so they got one. Without really thinking about it, we got it, took it back to the apartment. On the final day of the stay, however, uh, Benji had become attached to the hamster and wanted to take it home. To get through customs, he got an empty loo roll holder, oh, taped up one end, then he put the hamster inside and taped up the other end with tiny holes so it could breathe. This done, he sellotaped the tube to his penis. Once we were in the airport, we walked through the metal detector with no problems. Sadly, the creature died about a month ago, but given the stress of its early well, life, I'd say... should have taken it off as soon as he arrived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should have just left it there for the rest of its life. <laughs> just, what did it eat? <laughs> Slowly chewing its way through Dinkle. I'd say three years is a good innings for a hamster that's had that start in life. Oh, uh, right, love to all, good. Charlie Lodge. It's good for a hamster that ain't had that start in life. But you've got to mate, Petter must hate you by now. Reading things like oh, that and no. saying they're good. Look, don't do it. E be a vegetarian, yeah? Be one. Be, be give money to Petter. What's Petter's what? uh, stance on like, having or a pet charities. cat and, you. you know, cutting its nuts off? People for ethical treatment against animals. Well, I can't really speak for them, but I'm going to. I reckon <laughs> they don't mind me having a cat. What was the other question? Uh, cutting its, you know... Nuts off. Yeah, that's wrong. I should never have done that. But that was bloody Lynn's fault. She done it when I was away. Hello, Russell, says, uh, Laura. Hello, Russell. Uh, you're just saying how you, your cat got his nuts off. Well, that was actually mad, but God, you write emails quickly. <laughs> I was watching some disturbing programme on TV, as, as I do, she says, and some man had to get his dog done, and he got some silicone implants to replace his dog's nuts so he'd never know the difference. That's good, isn't it? What? So that's considerate. He, he replaced his dog's nuts with silicone nuts oh, for the right, dog, nuts. so that the dog wasn't embarrassed. You think of the dog boobs, Matt? No, no, no. You should be banned for having pets for life. Him, well, no. well, yeah, what were you thinking about? I don't know. I thought he meant that he had those silicone breast that... things, and he put those yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. You were thinking it'd be nice to have a dog with boobs, weren't you? So that you could cuddle it and that? love it. Last week you said you liked to have sex with a turkey. Mm, did I? Yes. Because I don't remember saying it, but if I said it, I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfectly natural coming up for Christmas and everything. Come on, put on Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rea to celebrate me coming home. Are you Is joking? Jeez, sissing from no, the other side of the room. No. We can't put that on. Driving yeah, Home for Christmas. You. Oh, yeah, G8 <laughs> Summit. Yeah, Anarchy, Revolution. Tom yeah. Jones, Chris Rea. These two guys. <laughs> they're going to spear from this. <laughs> Me, Chris Rear, Tom Jones, we're pretty <laughs> peeved with the way society's going, so, uh, well, Chris has written a number called Driving Home for Christmas, which pretty much summarises the state of things. Um, yeah, so, all right, don't play it then if it bothers you. Well, it's, we're, then, we're very, like, Mikey's been so lazy this week, there's hardly any music in there. Mikey, oh, why are you so lazy? What's wrong with him? He doesn't, he's clinging to that job by the skin of his teeth. He doesn't realise, does he, the silly sod? I can so, play anyway, it if you want. It's here, it's ready. Even though you're not driving home, it's not Christmas, <laughs> and it's not a good song. It captures perfectly the mood of me coming home from Hawaii. All right, it says Christmas and driving, and I'm flying, and it ain't Christmas. But don't be so obsessed with detail, Matthews. So we'll never get anywhere. I'm a cubist. Go and play a bit of it. <laughs> This ain't Christmassy. Starts now. I'm driving home for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I can't Chris Rear would never be that responsible on the road. 
driving over Christmas. That's, that's him bibbing his horn in his car <laughs> as he goes. See? He's probably drunk. Have I go? Get out the way. I'm out of my mind. Oh dear, that seems to. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, you know, you get the gist. <laughs> I'm coming home. And it's a sort of Christmas-type feel to it all. Right, uh, should we, do you want to listen to a proper record? We could listen to Push. Big Push Audio Dynamite. <laughs> Put something on I want. Well, go on then, what Put do you on, want? Raspberry know. Beret by Prince. Yeah, all right. Put that on. It's so easy yeah, to drink. Yeah, right. This is... Why, why, why is that a trick? I like Prince. He's Good. sexy. Yeah, but all your choices. Just... Take Me Home, Country Roads. So, um, well, you selected that. All... Oh, yeah. It's because I'm coming home. I'm trying Homeward to be upbeat. Homeward Bound about... by Simon and Garfunkel. Upbeat. Come Home by James. <laughs> that was Mikey. That was Mikey's choice. Look, I'm just doing things that make me feel nice about coming home, you poisonous man. Here, I did my sexy dancing scene in the film the other day. Really? Got it, an half hard. Yeah, I had to just sort of... Yeah, it's not like sexy dancing in the nude. It's not like an erotic dance. I've got clothes on, but, you know, I had to dance in a sort of a sexy way. You know me, I'm... Slow like, dance, even... or...? No, like, it's what it is, is, like, my girlfriend is sort of, like, in the film, is sat down, and I have to entice her with a sexy dance, right? Well, hang so on, so you're on a dance floor, there's other people dancing, or you've just started dancing? Nah, we've gone back home, right, and she's in a mood with me in the film, and I've got a lot, and I go, oh, come on, cheer up, and then, and then she goes, what are you doing? I go, I'm cheering you up with a sexy dance, and start doing the sexy dance, right? And I, you know, I, they made me do this sexy dance for bloody ages, I tell you. Lot of sex, I was really hot. I know, it's in Hawaii, it's in a room, I'm wearing leather trousers, doing sexy dance, I have to jump up on a table. Who added the word sexy to this? Was it just you? I bet I it doesn't it say that in the script, does it? If you're it in leather trousers. Yeah, sexy. Disturbing sexy dancing? I'd say sexy, Matthew. I'd really? say sexy, and that's what the script says in green crayon at the top <laughs> of the page <laughs> on my copy of it. Sexy dancing. Yeah. And then, like, there's one bit where they go, all right, let's put on some music now, see if that makes it any sexier. They were trying all sorts God. of things to make this gyrated sexy. You're, you haven't got the best rhythm when you dance, have you? I don't like dancing much, and I think it's because I'd rather just have sex. And, I, like, you know, because dancing, no, I think, is No, you always say that to try and turn the fact you can't dance around sound... To cool. how good I am at sex. Like, Look, yeah, you've dance seen me is just sex. a prelude to sex, yeah. <laughs> but if you have sex like you dance, it must be bloody awful. Look, <laughs> you've seen me have sex. It is And it awful. is rhythmic. I don't, I don't count the time you were in a nappy with pegs on you. <laughs> I don't know if that's normal for you, but... Yes, it is. That was a romantic and tender <laughs> exchange as Who far as I'm concerned. Who cares about dancing? Get my nappy on. Here we go! <laughs> Look, should we just cut out all this dancing and get straight to the wax and nappies? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we standing here doing the jitterbug when we could be weeing ourselves in a bedsit? Uh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think that dancing, yes it is, ritualistically, culturally, and anthropologically, dance is about sex, isn't it? Like, we wouldn't bother if it were, you know, that's why it's there. Birds and animals well, only do mating just dancing. Not. It's about rhythm. You might want to dance, you might be happy and you're dancing happy and there's about, no one else in yeah. the house. Why would you be trying to lure people in who can't even see you? <laughs> hey, I, I can hear some feet tapping. I'm getting randy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, there's a man in there having some sort of a fit. <laughs> I 
gonna just kick the door down and, and let myself go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that it is a prelude to sex. That's the way I like to see. Are you it. dancing and let me... to music in the scene? Is there like? A, do you put no, a record they don't on and put then music on because they can't mix it, can they? So they have to have it silenced. You have to dance to nothing. What? Because after they'd seen you dance, they thought, well, what? You know, Aphex Twin. I mean, what's going to go with that? What <laughs> rhythm is that man dancing to? In the end, they just tipped some saucepans down an escalator. <laughs> <laughs> Said he was dancing to that. Um, like, 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 no, because you can't have it because it'll be bad for the sound mix. So the sound has to be put on retrospectively. And uh, like, so oh. I'm having to, in my head do sexual healing by Marvin Gaye. Oh, is that what you're <laughs> so, dancing to in the film, though? That is. No, it's what I'm dancing to in my mind. I don't know what they're going to oh put on God. in the film. But it better go with sexual healing, because that's what I was dancing to, and let Who's me tell you... Who's directing this? The Chuckle Brothers? It sounds like a work <laughs> joke. It's Barry Chuckles doing it. He's on his last legs. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a Jim, it was Jimmy Savile sort it out for him <laughs> to do it. <laughs> oh, dear, steady. Right, so, um, yeah, uh, this film's going to be good. Uh, let me tell you that. How long do you dance for it? You know, like, in the edit, like, once we sitting in the cinema, how long will we endure that for? If they've got any sense, it'll just be like a dropped-in frame. <laughs> like, a, a <laughs> me, like a subliminal dance that you'll only notice if you've got epilepsy. Here, what's going on with that Olympic logo? I don't like the looks oh, of it. I don't want to go bad, on about it? it. That is bad. It just looks like an headache. It's a ridiculous it's thing. Awful. It don't look. Like, it doesn't remind me of London. It don't remind me of Olympics. You can't hardly it just read makes, it. Doesn't. It doesn't make sense. The bit that says London's childish and rubbish and unimaginative. I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure it's a, a hot topic for radio shows, so we just not bang on about it. But bloody hell, come on! And, the, you know, and I see that like the Sun and Mirror did. Uh, my child could have done a better logo style approaches. Mm. Uh, but you know, well, just don't. But it just it's embarrassing, isn't it? Because that's like on a world stage. That was unveiled. They unveiled that. Passed that under a door and run away. <laughs> Awful. Yeah, I'll just leave it by some bins and say that Olympic <laughs> logo's over there. If you fancy a glimpse <laughs> while you're doing the decathlon, have a little look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. I don't know. Never mind. We're trying to cheer ourselves up in life. All right, let's let's put on something Prince. like uh, Smiths. Smiths. Oh, God. You just, you agreed to Raspberry Beret. Yeah, but then I turned myself on by thinking about how sexy I am when I dance. Prince is much thought... sexier than Morrissey. How dare you say that? We're supposed to be making a documentary about him. You better get on the team. Dale's phone's going off. Uh, probably found another body. <laughs> 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 That's a joke. Take it back. Take it back. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. So, uh, yeah, come on in. Put Prince on Raspberry Beret, for God's sake. Raspberry Beret. Raspberry Berry! <laughs> Raspberry Berry! Raspberry Berry! Raspberry Berry! That's Prince singing about a Raspberry Berry. It's weird, isn't it, the artistic imagination that that's what he chose to focus on? I mean, where does he draw his inspiration from? He's very interested in symbology and colours, isn't he? Went on about peach and black for ages, purple he was obsessed with, now Raspberry Berries. What's it gonna be next with old Prince? Bless him. I see him once, though. Enough charismatic fella, enough good at doing a song. Blimey, I see him once at awards. He Good. Right. Now then, this is Radio 2. I'm called Russell Brand. This is the Russell Brand Show. It's all eerily in alignment. I'm coming home soon. Matt Morgan's here with me. Matt, are you all right? Yeah, but can you stop asking me if I'm all right? 
I just envisage you sat in a little floral frock, sat there, if that's what your gets rubber you gloves off, on. Then that's what yeah, you've got baby. To go for. It really gets me going. So here's an email here from Katie Enos. I was just listening to you talking about swimming with the sharks. I thought you might be interested to know in my hometown of Omaha, Nebraska, there's been a virgin shark birth. <gasps> there's a shark Jesus! There is a shark Jesus in the water! <laughs> Woohoo! The day has arrived! We knew it would happen eventually, though he has come. It is, I foretold this would happen, that a special shark, a shark Christ, would I bet one you'll day be come. In front of the with your frankincense and myrrh. Hello, got... yes, I'm the president of Earth. Um, thank you for coming, <laughs> Your Highness. Thank you, Your Royal <laughs> Highness, Your Highness. I've bought you some myrrh. Could I have a cuddle, please? <laughs> <laughs> I bought you some new shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, the female shark gave birth. I'd been in a tank by herself for years. Right. I love the show. Happy early birthday to... Well, it's already been my birthday, Katie, but thank you. Let's not focus Next on year, birthdays early. when there's a new... Sh yeah, much. I suppose so it is on that, in that respect. When I will be the same age as Jesus. Interesting. Oh, Interesting. God, don't let that go to Ed. I will let it go to my Shark Jesus stroke mind. Shark Jesus, he's the man, the man <laughs> with the golden touch. Because what Jesus lacked was bite, you know, and that's why I think it would be much harder to nail him up if he'd have just turned and started chomping Roman guards' that's, arms off He'd still that. be quite good to walk on water, even though he was a shark, he'd have to waddle even around on his towel. You could go, well, not so impressive that he's in the water area, but look, he's perpendicular. <laughs> he's above the surface of the water. Yeah, the lesser miracles would have become more impressive, like driving the madman's mind into some a flock of pigs. I don't know if you call it a flock of pigs. Five loaves and, and two would... fishes? He is a fish. That'd be a bit weird. Cannibalistic for a shark Jesus to do that. A shark Jesus would just probably just, well, it'd just get one person, perhaps a, a boy, <laughs> <laughs> feed out. that share that out amongst all the other sharks and whales and everything uh but like uh what about curing a leper like would they do that would it maybe a shark would just see that as a weakness and eat that person but then he's shark jesus so he's going to be pretty damn compassionate um i'm oh, sorry i burped a little bit then but it, was a, like, it wasn't an audible burp it was like one of those ones where you just sort of like well, it's just why like mention it then because it's like a princess's burp. So, uh, yeah, Noel Gallagher's going to be on the phone in a minute. Just ring up um, old Noel Gallagher, if you don't mind. I just spoke to him. He says he'll come on the radio show. Um, what's that other thing that I wanted to harp on and on and on about? Yeah, so I'm home soon. Revolution looking good. Thank you so much for always. We've had so many brilliant emails. I do read them all, right, while I'm in Hawaii, because... You know, I like it. it. Makes me feel in contact, but I can't read them all out because so many. But there's been brilliant ones from Australia, all around the world. Fantastic emails. Thank you for all the good wishes, uh, birthday good wishes, and everything. I appreciate that and all. Lovely bunch of human beings. You really are. It's lovely stuff. Hold on, but where's that thing? I read something really funny in the paper the other day. Right about. Oh, I can't find it now. Some bloke who some bloke was trying to buy Cornish pasties, and he wanted to buy like he wanted to buy. They were available like a price like you get a special deal for buying six pasties, but he wanted to buy eight pasties, and like it, you know, apparently security got called, and it all started getting a bit hectic. And he goes, "All oh, the other customers around me agreed that I should have been allowed these pasties." He called. And he was like consulting people around him to see if he should be allowed these pasties. I'll try and get it. I can hear Noel Gallagher in the background now, so. In a minute, we'll either be talking about pasties or to the brilliant musician that is Noel Gallagher. Noel, are you there, mate? Yeah. Why do you sound a little bit lethargic? Uh. Oh. I'm not, I'm alright. Where are you? Countryside? I'm in the countryside, yeah. Watching the telly, are you? 
Uh, I'm watching the telly. Sarah's gone out tonight. What's she doing going out? She's all prig, isn't she? She's gone to see George Michael at Wembley. Oh, God. Uh. Well, didn't you fancy going along yourself? <laughs> didn't think you could resist the temptation? Do you think the two of you would end up in a clinch? Uh, not my bag, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, that's what you'd have to watch, because that's what you'd go for. He'd see your bag and zoom, he'd have it. <laughs> no, uh, no, not my bag, so I'm having a night in tonight watching the telly. Oh, nice one. I like to think you're there, all relaxed in what you call your country pile. Now, I don't know if he was listening just then, but, um, heaven that has given us a new king. A shark Jesus has been born. A, a virgin shark has just, um, done a baby out of itself, and they hadn't had it off or anything, so... It's a shark Jesus, Noel. There's no other explanation. Any thoughts? <laughs> Well, Mother Nature, you know, a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Nature finds solutions. Probably because... Well, yeah, but there's, there's all those frogs that can change sex and all that, isn't there? Excuse there's me? frogs that can change sex at random. Excuse me, young man, there's frogs that can change sex at random? <laughs> Is this what happens? You sit alone in your house, your wife out, <laughs> washing Georgie Michael, and... Jurassic Park. If you look at, well, yeah. you know, you've seen the film Jurassic Park. Yeah, I've seen Jurassic Park, Well, mate. the DNA in the frogs changes it, so anyway, I don't want to go into it with you, Russell, because, you know... Oh, sorry if I can't understand the information you glean from watching I'm popular sorry films. I'm conversation about it. You know, uh, another thing, like, robots might come back from the future and kick us in, like, if we're not careful, because, like, you know, computers are dangerous and that. I see that in Terminator. So, oh. this... <laughs> oh, right. have you had a bad day? I've had a good day, as You're a matter of fact. Take the Mickey out of the northerner. <laughs> I thought, why not? Yeah, have a go. Yeah. Uh, not, this, this is not a condemnation of yeah. the rest of the people of the north. Now you know, now you know why I had my party that particular weekend and you weren't around. Oh, it's a low <laughs> blow from Gallagher, uh, striking at some of the most functional and beautiful genitals this planet's ever produced. There, <laughs> why would you do a thing like that? If probably to protect your marriage, because it won't be long when I'll be back in Blighty that Sarah will be coming out to watch a Russell Brand concert, which is equally sexy as a Georgie Michael one, except there's every chance that she'll be coming home double pregnant. There's every chance you might change sex at random and all, eh? <laughs> I sort of hover between the genders, as it is, you know, like some days I'd use more emphasis for all sorts of things. Oh, said the actress to the bishop. I mean, I don't know why those two would ever meet. I think they should be kept apart, because every time them, that, any time I hear anyone quote that actress and Bishop, they're being bloody disgusting to each so other. People like Stephen Fry, the quote actresses and bishops, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. Yeah, I've, I've never met him, but I imagine he's a very nice fellow, Stephen Fry. You've probably I've met, met him. him once. Was he nice to you? Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I'd have him. I'd have him round at mine any time. Very, very, very yeah. nice man. But a nice gentleman sort of a fella. So come on then, let's get you talking about some controversial subjects or even just normal subjects. Noel Gallagher, what do you think about the uh, Olympic logo? I didn't know what it said for two days. It's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> for two days. <laughs> Did you sit poor and you're lucky you didn't go into an epileptic fit while you were well, staring no, no, at cause, it? No, because they made a big deal out of it over here and uh, there was a purple splodge on the telly and it was like, oh, that's it. Right. Well, that's rubbish. For a start, it's like purple. Right. That's a Catholic colour. So I what? Think Catholic's rubbish. <laughs> what? I don't attack Catholicism. What are you saying? It's I wrong. Can, I can attack Catholicism because I am Catholic. Fair enough. That's rubbish. Is that is that the rule? I don't know. I think you might end up. Well, pur purple, purple is a very Catholic colour. Yeah, and a very so sexy colour. That makes it rubbish. Yeah, fair enough. So you're against you're against the Olympic logo. Is, uh, is... I think you'll find it will be changed very quickly. We were saying on the news today that 
it'll be changed quite soon. Yeah, they should probably change it. It's not too late. It's not that big a deal. I don't know how you can consume up so much money designing that object. Well, uh, it'd be like some some geezer who wears a baseball cap backwards in some really, really overpaid um, advertising company in London. I've got about 450 grand for that. Yeah, it's too much. And, and literally, I could have done that drunk just after my party. <laughs> yeah, knock one up. Did you have a nice time at your birthday? Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah. I think it was. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I don't want to sound too um, 1960s about this, but I don't really remember a great deal about it, but yeah. it was, from what I remember, it was, it was great. Yeah, I know. Well, uh, Matt You know what Matt got me? Go on. He got me a second-hand T-shirt. <laughs> of what? Right? A second-hand uh, T-shirt? Yeah, see, he got me a second-hand, and you know, you know how second-hand clothes have that unique kind of smell? Yeah, musty, isn't it? It's a musty stench. Right? When, I opened the, when I opened the package... I, I mean, I'm still convinced it's Matt, and Matt just smells second-hand. <laughs> Matt does smell, it is the stink right. of second-hand. It's a second-hand Elvis t-shirt, right? It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool, he says. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it looks good around the end of my brush. <laughs> yeah, my and brush. That's sexual innuendo, by the way. It better not be, it's sound cool, because if it smelt musty before, one yeah. can only imagine the aroma. Good job sweeping out the garage, that Elvis t <laughs> <laughs> So, is it Elvis in a karate stance? Is it Matthew? Did you it, give it, him... It's Elvis in a, in a, in a karate, in a karate style. Matthew, that's your... That's your T-shirt, so you gave well, him one of your own T-shirts. I said, like, he was He's a, rich. a zillionaire, what did I give him? So I gave him one of my T-shirts. He got me a deck of playing cards. A deck of playing cards. Oh, Matt Morgan. He'd have worried yeah. about that because I know him. So he'd have sat at home going, I don't know what to get for no Gilligan. And then thought, what I'll do is I'll look at my own wardrobe. They were Elvis <laughs> playing cards and an Elvis t shirt. It was a cool little package. Noel was obviously, you know, looked. It was an Elvis themed stinking pack. It was one of the better presents I got. Good. I'm glad you're pleased with your your musty hand-me-down <laughs> gift pack. I, did a, I, I got I actually got a monkey for my birthday. A real one? Yeah, somebody adopted a chimp called Jimmy from uh, Eighth World. Got a monkey now. I got a monkey called Charlie. Charlie, mine's called Jimmy. <laughs> I wonder if they get on now. I wonder if Charlie and Jimmy are the best of chums like well, you and I. I. Yeah, I probably want to ask you this, right? I yeah. would. My mum's my been staying right, and I don't watch EastEnders, right? Yeah. But she watches EastEnders, she said to me, oh, put EastEnders on. Yeah. I thought Cotton was on, I was in the kitchen. <laughs> and it sounds exactly like you with that stupid voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear, oh, man. I've got Nick's dead. It's like, is that a Russell on EastEnders? Is that a Russell trying to be funny on EastEnders? It's not, it's Dot Cotton. <laughs> and do you know what? Yeah. She looks better looking than you. How dare you! I am one of the sexiest vegetarians in this country of ours, second only to Martin Shaw in a poll that I imagine I'm soon to take over because we've recently found out that Judge John Deed, Martin Shaw, has sex with roadkill that he finds on, the f on his bonnet. So if I don't win that contest now, there's something wrong with justice. So oh, you actually mistook me for Doc Cotton. I mistook Doc Cotton's voice for your Dickensian... Uh, kind of pseudo northern, um, Ooh. you know, like when you try and pretend you're a poor person and all that. Oh, yeah, it's all I do. Oh, do I sometimes yeah. I talk about. not too dissimilar, doesn't it? No, I don't. Oh, man, oh, dear, oh, where for? Oh, cross, yeah, <laughs> could, I suppose. And you, could, and you could slip into step toe there, couldn't you? Yeah. Uh, well, which which one? Because Carl Barat, of course, uh, Carl Barat talks a bit like uh, sort of Harry H. Corbett, but like Harry H. Corbett after he's had dentistry or a stroke. Oh, Carl, hello, Carl Barat hello. talks in like 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 Harry H. Corbett, but he takes out all the vowels. <laughs> yeah. And he, oh. he, just, he just 
he doesn't use any. He only uses about sixteen letters of the alphabet. And he's just yeah. like, what did you just say? Just lets language fall out of his face. Actually, it's Carl Barat's birthday. It was like it's your birthday last week. It's my birthday, which you ain't even said happy birthday for. When is it? Fourth of June. It's gone right, by. I don't want to talk about that kind of rhubarb. Come well, on. I'm thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, rough, that, isn't it? It's rough, mate. Yeah, I'll soon be dead down the drain. But the next. I don't know the age of June Brown. All I know is that woman is an icon. I'm not talking about June Brown. I'm talking about Doc Cobb. Listen, this, that, she's a fine <laughs> actress. It's, it also you is know cold. EastEnders is not real, don't you? <laughs> you know that, don't you? I'm fully well aware, yeah, as yeah. a matter of fact. Although June I've been... Brown isn't in EastEnders. Right, all right, so it's Doc Cobb. Fair enough. I understand the, the uh, line you're drawing. Now, Noel, it's coming up to the news now. Will you please say happy birthday? Anyone really? Just <laughs> offer it out as a general peace offer. Just happy birthday to you. Yeah, sing it out to me. Sing it. Happy. Listen, Russell. Yeah. In all seriousness. Yes. I hope you had a great birthday. Thank you. I if appreciate I'd have known that. it was your birthday, I would have got you at least a card, and I would have given you. Mm, I don't know, maybe a second-hand Elvis T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to receiving that Elvis T-shirt. It's been. If you do get one. It's, uh, it's not. It won't be the one that Matt gave me. No. Well, I'll go out and get one exactly the same. <laughs> you can't, though, right, that's why. Right. exactly the same smell. I'll know by the aroma where, where it's come from. So, um, well, I'll be home soon, so let's, you know, it'll be very nice to celebrate all these different birthdays. You're our first World War soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be home soon, Ma. <laughs> Lord knows I've suffered, but soon I'll be back on England's green pleasant shores. I, I feel, if I'm not welcomed like a conquering hero, I don't know quite what I'll do. But listen, <laughs> we've got news coming up, Noel Gallagher, and we're doing this live now, so don't do anything mad or weird. Also, I've got to talk to you, because we're supposed to be doing something exciting later on in the week. So you're doing that thing for Sergeant Pepper, ain't you, the 40th anniversary thing? Yeah, on Tuesday. Yeah. So, you, so what, what, what are you doing? Do you want to play on it as well? I've got something to talk to you about that I can't talk about on air because Leslie Douglas, controller of Radio 2, told me not to. But I'll, I'll talk to you after this, in fact. I'll give you a ring in your country home on my way out. I always say it. You always say that and you never do. I do. I'll... You never do. <laughs> I will. I'll ring you up <laughs> on the way home. I what? bet you don't. I tell you what, if you don't ring me, you are getting that Elvis T-shirt. Right, fair enough. I'll right. ring. I've never had a stronger incentive. <laughs> no, I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, bye. Bye, 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 <laughs> what a, what a vindictive, <laughs> spiteful brute of a man. We've done nothing but support him on this programme. He rejects your present. His mother mistakes me for EastEnders, female member of the car. What's wrong with him? Right, so we better get Mr G up to summarise this show yep. with a lovely poem. Please welcome, with atmosphere, Mr G, the country's <laughs> finest poet. Here he is. Yeah, well, yeah, all right. Okay, this poem is called The Second Coming. As wise men charted from afar the secret paths of the stars, of the moons, of the planets, three-fourths water, one part granite, let's take an expansive view to select what we can choose. Matt's kitchen roll comparison and excessive salmon fish abuse. Call the recruits, a few monkeys dressed in delusional suits. Let them eat cake will be the cry before the revolution ensues. The soldiers are exercising, the students are revising. As their righteous leader wears a nappy, the situation compromising. But look to the skies and visualize a world beyond the strife and the hate. Beyond the words that cause the hurt, just let the dancers gyrate as we await a special sign of shark messiahs being born. Let's celebrate the second coming with the sound of the horn. You're not the second coming, the shark's the second coming. Don't get big ideas. It's just the shark version for shark Jesus. I'm new people Jesus for people. Hello people, I'm a people. Are you a people? I'm a person. 
Okay, everyone, it's been another fantastic, brilliant show. Thank you, Noel Gallagher, for being a wonderful guest. Thank you, Mr. Matt Morgan, for turning up. Gee, well done. He <laughs> occupied himself. As well as operating that horn, he managed to write a poem. I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote it just with the shrieks that emerge from that bloody thing. Keep sending your lovely emails. If you're going to send me presents, send them England now because I ain't in Hawaii no more. Tomorrow I am leaving on a jet plane coming back to my rightful home in England. Keep listening to us all over the world. Keep downloading the podcast. Keep the revolution in your mind and arts. I know I'm silly about it, but one day we are actually going to do one once we form some proper policies. We know mostly it's about equality, love and a sort of spiritual socialism, but we'll keep working on it. Thanks everyone for taking part. Keep coming back. Stay with us from 88 to 91 FM. This is Radio 2 from the BBC. <laughs> the news at 11 o'clock. This is Andrew.